It's the final hour of the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Or on the phone line at 918-879-1170. I think, I, have I gone all week? Without interrupting it? Yeah. And sometimes you look at me first and kind of <laughs> do the nodding. So. <laughs> I'm Rick Corey. That's Bryce Hulse. We're in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio, and we're, we're laughing because I almost always talk over that that bumper. There's just this little tiny, and it's only, what, a half a second pause? Yeah. But, but again, he, he knows what he's doing. It's there, <laughs> and it's gotten me three or four times. And every time, Bryce looks at me like, God, can you get dumber? And apparently the answer is yes. 756 no. on the Blitz 1170. All right, joining us here in studio, Brianna Root from the Drillers. They're only about a block and a half away, so she jogged over or walked. I'm not sure which. And Brianna is, uh, well, actually, what is your actual title? Uh, so I'm the marketing manager with the Drillers. Okay, right. So you're in charge of all the fun stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when I've asked this of Mike Malega and Joe Presserin and, and Chuck, the guys who've been in that general manager's office, every year minor league baseball has to come up with so many different things. And some of them become staples, fireworks, things mm-hmm. like that. What's it like in the room when you guys just get together and go, let's think of something new? I mean, it's electric. We go through the craziest ideas that you can think of, whether it's, you know, dropping tennis balls from a helicopter or zip lining into the stadium. Um, you know, some of them do come to fruition and some of them I'm still working on them to get done. So what's the thing that you think, uh, you know, we'll never do, but I'm going to keep trying. Um, I think it would be really cool to land a helicopter into center field and have someone come out of that helicopter and throw a first pitch. Um, but I don't exactly know who yet. I'm still trying <laughs> to pitch the idea of, you know, this would be the best person and, and get him on my side. So, uh, you know what? Uh, Folds of Honor, Major Rooney. Mm. That would be awesome. Uh, and, and he has a little experience with aircraft and Correct. he might know where you can get a helicopter. <laughs> okay. I'll try him out. I'll try him out. Matter of fact, we might know where you can get a helicopter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be a lot of fun. I do like the idea of zip lining in. That is cool. Mm-hmm. The tennis ball drop. I mean, you know, it was it was Gronk who did the football drop down at Arizona, mm-hmm. which would be fun. You got to be careful of the baseball. You conk somebody in the head. Correct. <laughs> you don't have That's why that we use, we switch to tennis balls sometimes or Ferris wheel in the outfield. That was my idea this past season. Well, I did get quickly denied. I started saying, okay. how did they look at you when you said that? <laughs> very very crazily, and I was like, guys, no, you just have to see the vision, and I, I couldn't get them there yet. So. <laughs> yeah, they saw the vision and the dollars Correct. and all those kinds of things <laughs> and probably some of the lawsuits and said, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, but the good news is there are lots of good things to do. So mm-hmm. uh, I want to talk about your scholarship program, and I'll get to that. But I want to talk also about opening day, some of the things that are going to be planned early when it comes to promotions and such. Yeah, absolutely. We have a really full schedule for our fans and our promo schedule is coming out soon so I won't share too much but be on the lookout for that everybody um, but opening day is Tuesday April 9th and we do have fireworks that night and it's mm-hmm. our first time having fireworks um, on opening day so that'll be really exciting our staples will be back such as you know Friday night fireworks every time Grand Slam Saturday with giveaways uh, and fireworks as well we do have a total of 24 fireworks shows this year the most we've ever done so 24 for 24 you know what that would mean too is you guys probably are the biggest fireworks consumer in certainly in Tulsa and maybe in the state most likely I'll have to double check on that but I think that's really cool I would think so that would that would probably be pretty close to right uh, all right so you mentioned some things will be back and I understand you don't want to disclose everything but we got to hear a little bit what are some of the fun things coming back uh fun things um I mean our staples our 918 weekend from last year mm-hmm. Tulsa Sound will be back so we're super oh, excited oh yeah um I think we're having noodlers back for a few days we're fitting those in um that's always really cool and I always love getting to go noodling and to share the experiences with the fans and let them kind of know what it is. Because even though some it's here, I'm from Connecticut. So when I came here and people started talking about noodling, I was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. You thought so, they were about food, didn't you? Right? Correct. Something not where I'd had to go into a lake and go and Stick my, <laughs> stick my hand in the catfish's mouth, right? Sure, one of those things, um, right? So all of those fun staples are going to be back, and we have a really great lineup of giveaways that's coming, too. The uh, Tulsa Sound thing was so much fun and got so much attention, and the, mm-hmm. the uniforms, the hats, the jer- uh, that, that kind of stuff just goes wild. Absolutely, yeah. All right, so we're talking to Brianna Root. She's with the Tulsa Drillers. Opening day coming up, as she said, there will be fireworks in all April the 9th out there. Uh, you know, really close to leading the league again last year promotions are part of that. But how much do you think is, I mean, you still have to have baseball. You still have to have a nice park. You still have to have things clean. You guys do a nice job of that. But you get a lot of people who line up early because they just want to come see the products or be a part of Marvel Day or whatever, Mm -hmm. don't you? 
Yes, correct. We have, you know, it was incredible uh, to see the lines that we had for some of our giveaways. And we, we put a lot of effort and a lot of time into thinking what would be best for the fans. And we have a lot of games, but it still doesn't feel like enough for all we want to incorporate. <laughs> um, so we do have to pick and choose kind of what we're doing. But like I said, we have a great lineup of things that's coming up for this year. Um, and I think that the fans will be really happy with, you know, when our promo schedule gets released. Is Marvel Day that. coming back? Yes. Oh, that's that's fun, mm-hmm. too. And I like the fact that you guys have used the stadium for other things. We know that. Mm-hmm. You know, Jack White was out there. The the opera has been out mm-hmm. there, which Symphony. I think is really cool. And I did see the new grass is green now. <laughs> yes, finally. The blankets have been working. Um, so we have the new grass that's out there, and our grounds person is very excited for how it's taken root um, and, and what's going on there. Now we abide by all the regulations needed to be since they're updating a bunch of different stadiums, right. um, and it looks really sharp out there too. That is cool. Uh, it's uh, 801 here on the Blitz 1170. I want to get into this scholarship program in a moment. Brian Root with the Drillers here. She is the in charge of uh, marketing and, mani- and uh, all the fun stuff, basically. I'm going to call it the fun stuff director. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would be a nice one, a card. Director of Fun Stuff. I love that. You think a D-O-F-S for short? Oh, yeah. I'm going to now call myself that around the office. The DOFs. The DOFs. Uh, Bryce? Yeah, I was going to ask about concessions. Are there anything new coming up when it comes to food? or Are there any staples that you really know of that people may not know about in terms of what's been really popular in past years? Yeah, that's such a great question. So our chef always cooks up a bunch of different meals every year. And um, he has some specials coming out this year. He hasn't shared with us exactly. We're going to be tasting it pretty soon. But some of the staples that we have is like the Hornsby Burger, any of our regular main concessions, um, the garlic fries and bucket of fries that we had last year. People loved being able to bring those around um and i would say our frozen drinks kind of at the uh in or the outfield and then you know right when you're behind first base we have uh, our frozen drinks and they're really cool spirally cups um yes they are alcoholic so 21 plus um but we uh they people love those and come for those a lot too that is cool and, and i know mike every year would tell me that the, the new foods because that's what we used to talk about we mm-hmm. do remotes out there and we talk about the new foods and there was a time when it was a hot dog and it was a hamburger and mm-hmm. that kind of thing and that was you know when a chicken sandwich was new that was yeah. new <laughs> nowadays we're talking about stuff we knew in the mm-hmm. chef and i know you guys the, the players have a chef too it gets really yes. creative yeah, last year we had a one-pound uh, bacon sandwich. Yes. And that was pretty awesome. Yes. I bacon, too. Oh, my lord. <clears throat> and then we also had a like a one-pound pork sandwich. So it was just this big pork on a <laughs> massive piece of bread on each side. And it was delicious as well. So anything Chef Chris cooks up is, is awesome. And I know he's coming out with some really great things. Do you guys, I mean, do, do they? does he get together and make these and you guys get together and, and taste them and test them? We do taste and test them. He'll bring them up if he's trying like, a new fryer or wants to to you know make sure something works he brings it up to the office in our break room and we get to test so next time that happens i'll call you guys over Yo, if you don't <laughs> we no. aren't friends and i'm never on again i <laughs> never, get it ever, I get ever it. again <laughs> yeah, well you know the, the state fair used to do that they had a day for the media and i don't know if they still do uh, but they would invite you up, and they had all the foods. Well, I know we had one like that last year, and I'll have to talk to Mike because I don't know where your invite went. Right. So I'll have to. I'll have to. <laughs> Busted. So I'll make, I'll make sure we get you on that this I time, I think right? that would be great. We had a text here at 918-262-5072, and it's for you guys. It says, how about a Grateful Dead Day? The team could wear tie-dyed jerseys. Everybody who went to the game would be invited to wear that. They'd call it Deadhead Day. Mm. What do you think? <laughs> I think that's interesting. I know we had, uh, the de- I think it was the Day of the Dead Festival last year held at the stadium. That was mm-hmm. one of the extra events it we was. did. So that was really exciting. Um, I like that idea. I, I want to make sure we're around the time that it's respectful for the, the Day of the Dead celebration. Yes, and sometimes we're a little bit early for that in our season. So maybe that's something we could look to put into the end of well, our season. There's so. also some licensing, I'm sure, that would be involved in that if you're going <laughs> to yeah. do a really Grateful Dead Day. Mm-hmm. But I think the tie-dye would be a brilliant like tie-dye. You talk mm. about selling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I man. see so many people in tie-dye just walking around the street. So. And someone else <laughs> just said, please have another disc golf day out there, which I thought that went really well, didn't it? Yes. I do too. Um, our community relations manager does a great job with that, Taylor. Um, you know, making sure to schedule all those things. I think that's on his docket for this year as well. Um, I haven't heard specifics on when it's going to be, um, but I know the fans did love that event. All right, closing moments here with Brianna Root, Tulsa Drillers. If you have a question or a comment like that, go ahead and send it nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. That is the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. I want to talk about this scholarship program that you guys have going. I, I thought it was really neat, and it was something I wanted more parents and more 
you know, players to know about. Explain this. Yeah, absolutely. So the Drillers have a nonprofit, which is our Drillers Foundation, and we do a lot of different community events. We have renovated ball fields. We love to give back to the community, um, and we started this last year with our scholarship fund. Um, so we are able to allocate a pair of high school seniors who have participated in uh, high school baseball or softball with a scholarship, um, and it uh, consists of a $2,000 scholarship for each individual. Um, and I think it's really great because going in high school and going into college, it was very stressful. And so <laughs> to be able to have some there, something where, you know, organizations are helping in the community is amazing. Uh, we had two inaugural winners last year from local high schools um, and just being able to help someone in need for their family where maybe their family can't fully assist them um, mm -hmm. and for the drillers to be able to assist in that is really great. And it says for each individual, it's for two or four consecutive years. I mean, we're talking about mm -hmm. this is this is a really good deal. It's not, you know, my daughter had one when she won a contest when she was a senior and she was a National Merit Scholar. We were very lucky. So, you know, college was a little bit easier, but um, she won like a thousand dollar scholarship. It was a one time thing, but still, mm -hmm. hey, it's a thousand bucks. We're talking about ongoing is really nice. How do they make sure they're involved or sign up or what do they do? Absolutely. So you can go to our website and sign up and throughout the year we'll be posting on our socials to make sure that people are recurring seeing it, that they can click on the link with any of our socials and sign up as well. Um, but definitely our website's the the main spot that we'll have it. Um, and I think it goes until March ish, March or April, um, kind of when the scholarship goes through for those graduating seniors for us to look through um, and then be able to award them and, and have them out to a game to honor Is there them. something they need to do? I mean, when they apply, do they like so, they write how they are? I mean, do they give you superlatives? What do they do? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a whole form that they fill out um, with, a, and it's, it's a lengthy form. I mean, any scholarship I filled out was pretty lengthy too, but it's, you know, your information about your family and your history and why you would like this scholarship mm -hmm. and what you've done at school. So uh, the link takes you directly to a jot form and you fill out that form um, with all the information. We go through the submissions. Um, and even if I would encourage people to apply, even if you think it's slightly out of your realm. Um, you never know the stories that are going to hit different people exactly. when they read them. Uh, so don't be afraid to apply and take a chance on something. How did you get from Connecticut to here? <laughs> I mean, in a car, I'm assuming, but... <laughs> we did drive in cars. Um, I came because of the Tulsa Drillers. I, When COVID hit, I was actually in England getting my master's and playing pro volleyball. And I had a week to decide if I wanted to stay in England or come back to the States. And I missed my family, so I wanted to come back because I didn't know how long the borders would be closed. Sure. Um, and I was working for UPS and nannying and I hated it and I needed to get back into sports. And so then I was applying all over the country and, you know, the Midwest was a little bit more relaxed in the Eastern Coast at that time. <laughs> yeah. So there were still things going on here. And I talked to my boyfriend at the time. And I'm like, we're going to Oklahoma. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and here I am four years later. We're engaged. We have a house. We have two cats. And uh, Tulsa is really starting to become our home, which is amazing to see. Professional volleyball in England. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a fun story about how you got over there, too. Where did you play in college? Um, I played at Post University in Waterbury, Connecticut. So it was a small D2 school. Um, I played there all four years and um, applied for many scholarships like the Drillers Foundation Scholarship Fund and was able to to get through there. And, you know, a lot of people think in sports you have to be D1, D1, D1. Um, and that's just not the case. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to educate, you know, people in sports on that is super important, too, where you can find your spot that you need to be or that you're meant to be in. Um, and it may not always be what you envisioned, uh, but that's okay because you're going to get to that end place. Were you a little bear? I was a setter. Okay. Well, I'm just going to, I just wondered, you know, because I mean, it, normally it's, uh, well, and for setters too, my daughter played some and it's guys you know, or people Bryce's size who are at the front, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I just wondered Correct. if you two played a little, little volleyball, who if would I bet on? Oh, me. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the experienced one, I think. So sorry, Bryce. I mean, you might block me once, but then I would get you back. She's going to so. clean your clock. Yeah, I don't Respect. think there's any question about that. <laughs> what a great story. Now, you know, in, in your position, if I say, how do you like Tulsa? You're going to say, I like it. But come on, realistically, what would you think about it when you got here, especially if you hadn't been this part of the country? Yeah, well, before I got here, I thought I was coming to some tumbleweeds mm -hmm. and some teepees, mm -hmm. some cowboys on horses riding yep. around. That's common. Um, which at... Some points in the Midwest, you will find that. But in Tulsa, it's just such a growing environment. And even talking to the people who've been here for, you know, 15, 20 years, Mike or Justin, um, 
they said downtown used to be a ghost town. So I oh, love was, that yeah. we have been able to revitalize it with the BOK Center and One Oak Field and all of the different restaurants we have booming. Um, and again, just the culture and the experiences you can have down here, I think, are amazing. Uh, it's it's not a bad place. We, mm-hmm. We're pretty fond of it. Thank you for stopping. Again, opening day is April 9th. Many, many things out there. When will we see the list of all the fun stuff that people would like to normally see promotionally and all that, you think? It is coming very, very soon. <laughs> I know. I hold my secrets close. I hold them close, Rick. Very, very soon, though. Keep your eyes on our social. Right. Thank you for coming. I'm sure we'll catch up with you during the year and tell Mike hello. Awesome. Thank you so much. You bet. That's Brianna Root from the Tulsa Drillers talking all about opening day. It's 810 on the Blitz 1170. Coming up at 830, Dale Cook about something happening tomorrow night, XFN 392. When we come back, I want to get you the Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones story, the JJs. Jimmy has kind of confirmed They're now buddies again, so much so that Jimmy's a little bit more involved. We'll explain that coming back here next on the Blitz 1170. The Blitz text line is always open, 918-262-5072. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma State Cowgirls basketball team got back in the win column last night as they beat UCF and GIA 67-54. That gives them the series sweep over the Knights. Hannah Gusters and Staley Hurd each led OSU with 17 points. The Tulsa women's basketball team got a win last night against UAB 84-72. That's their 19th win of the season and the most wins since the 2005-06 campaign. Tamira Poindexter led all scorers with 30 points. The Golden Hurricane are now in second place tie in the AAC with North Texas. And in college softball last night, the sixth-ranked OSU Cowgirls trailed Stetson early 6-2, but scored six times in the sixth inning and twice in the seventh to get the win. The Cowgirls will have a top-ten matchup with fourth-ranked Washington today at 12.30. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Rick Corey and Bryce Hulse. And that is, of course, the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Thanks to Brianna for stopping by. Now we know, too, if we need a go-to in volleyball. I know. We, we are we're building connections. <laughs> that's that's all this job is, man. <laughs> Everything you do every day in this job is show prep and connections. All of it. Every bit of it. That's just the way it works. He's Bryce Hulse. I am Rick Corey. Coming up in about, oh, 14 minutes, we'll talk to Dale Cook and get a, the latest on XFN 392 tomorrow night. Yeah, you talk about a gold mine. He's another one of those guys, that a local guy from around this area, way the heck better of an athlete than I think a lot of people would probably ever know. He was a five-time world champion. Mm. Uh, and uh, it just, you know, he's, he's stayed and he's built. His karate school does well. And then you come over here and you see what he's doing at River Spirit and the people they're putting higher up in the MMA, you know, and he's got Frank Mir in here. I mean, it's just a great story. Uh, speaking of good stories, I you know, anytime – you have personalities in a sport, and as they're strong personalities, sometimes that's going to go wrong. And it did with the Dallas Cowboys and Jimmy Johnson at one point. And Jerry Jones took over, and, you know, Jimmy wins. He's winning Super Bowls. But I do believe at some point Jerry thought, you know what, I need to prove this is me and not him. To me, now maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not right because that's just my assessment. That's how I feel about it, having watched Jerry Jones early on as his as the owner of the Cowboys. And I think still now, I mean, I think he's backed off a little, but he's still the only owner in the league that has his own news conference after a game. <laughs> he likes the attention. He appears regularly down in Dallas on a radio station down there, has a five-minute you know, interview weekly kind of a thing. But I really thought and Jimmy Johnson's a strong personality. You know, he wanted to run foot, the football team a little bit like Belichick. He wanted to run the football team, right? And, and I think Jerry Jones got into that. Well, no, no, this is my team thing. So the two of them mm-hmm. split, and they were really split for the longest time. Well, you guys have heard the promo that had run here, where and we carry the Dallas Cowboys, where Jimmy was put in the ring of honor, and that was a big step for Dallas, and it was a big step for Jerry Jones. Well, apparently since that time, and time does heal things, right? Apparently since that time, the two of them have buddied up a little bit. So much so that as Jimmy was on a radio station down in Miami yesterday, he uh, he well, he disclosed something that I think is pretty fun. Listen, take a listen here. Since the Ring of Honor, J- 
Jerry and I, man, I'm on his advisory board now. <laughs> We're talking on the phone. I, I talked to him about an hour after his Green Bay loss, and, you know, he's talking about what all he needed to do because he's got had big decisions on Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott. Uh, so, but everything's hunky-dory now, so I'm – I'm back in the fold with the Cowboys. Now, A, I think that's great. Uh, I think it's great for all the right reasons because of what he meant for that franchise. Of course, he was good for the Dolphins, too, and he was good for for Miami University. He was good for Oklahoma State. Jimmy Johnson was good for everybody he ran through, for the most part. He won. But I think for the Cowboys, having him as a quote-unquote advisory role, that's going to help. An outside voice who does not mind saying exactly what he feels and thinks because he ain't worried about a paycheck. It's not his thing. And a guy who knows Jerry Jones and might know a little bit more about how to approach him about things. But one thing he said there, or one part of what he said there I found really interesting is, you know, he's talking right after the Green Bay loss to Jerry who's admitting, I got a problem with McCarthy, I got a problem with Quinn, and I got a problem with Dak. And him kind of giving advice on what to do. And because we have, you know, Dak Prescott has been great in the regular season and he's been Tony Romo in the post. Mm. And you can look at numbers occasionally and say, well, his numbers weren't bad, but, you know, there's a difference between winning and losing. And, yeah, I get he didn't play defense and they didn't play very well against Green Bay. I understand that. But still, at the end, you know, at the end of three or four years, when it continues to be this way, you kind of wonder. And I do wonder if that's, you know, when Jerry Jones was, you know, he mentions that. Is Jerry just saying, hey, look, should we keep Dak or not? Yeah. I mean, I, I think they want him, and I think he wants to be there. But I'm, I am not personally, and it's just me again, I am not personally convinced that he's the guy. I think he's a really good player, seems like a nice young man. Don't know that I think he's the guy. Well, and coming off his best season with them, right, uh, maybe that could be a, a bright spot to look at that, you know, you could continue to climb that trajectory. I think one thing about Jimmy Johnson being on the advisory board is that I think could be pretty good for them is if he holds the same kind of emotions sometimes that we saw from past Cowboys mm-hmm. like Michael Irvin and Emmett mm-hmm. Smith and guys like that that really want to see a change within the franchise – um, and the significant changes, mm-hmm. I think that could be pretty doable. And especially, like you were kind of saying, a guy that knows how to approach Jerry Jones, uh, maybe a guy that can uh, be able to have some, I don't want to say control, but uh, be, be able to persuade him in ways that, uh, that other guys probably wouldn't be able to. You wonder if maybe just what he says carries a little more weight with Jerry now mm. than it did back then. It's yeah. 821 on the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce Hall. I'm Rick Corey. We're in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. And if you have an opinion, I'd like to know at 918-262-5072. I'd really like to know your opinion about Dak. I, again, I have nothing against him. I'm just not convinced he's the guy. And, yes, he had a good statistical season. He did. Yeah. But I still see things in his game that make me think, yep, he is – I don't want to quite say Kirk Cousins, but in that range of players – I think you're going. To, you're a nice player. You're going to be fun to watch. I don't think you're going to win me a lot of titles. I feel that way about Tua, right about you're, now. You're an NFL starter, and that's kind of your ceiling. Well, I don't know if it's. A, I don't know. I I, don't, I even hate to put it that way because everybody has potential. But I just, I just for whatever reason, it's just a feeling. I don't get. You know, when Favre walked out there, you thought that guy's going to win titles. Mm. You just did, and you felt that way when Montana was on the field. Joe Cool, you felt that way. You know, I I felt that way with Marino, and then he gets there once. Now, he won playoff games, but, you know, he gets the Super Bowl one time and loses it. Get that but, man a better team. <laughs> there are certain guys, when they walk out there, you just feel they're going to win. That's all there is to it. They're going to they're gonna find a way they're going to win a title for you. And we talked Patrick. about Jordan and, and LeBron, and they were that way mm-hmm. in basketball. Uh, it, those, some of those quarterbacks impose will, and, mm-hmm. and I don't get that from Dak. And maybe it's just me. But if you have an opinion about it, you're welcome to. But I thought, I did, first of all, I thought it was good news for the Cowboys. And Jimmy doesn't care what Jerry thinks. I mean, it's from the standpoint of maybe they are friends now, but he'll tell them the truth. Now, whether mm-hmm. Jerry wants to hear it or not, and I, I kind of believe, as I've always believed, that the Cowboys will never be great again until Jerry Jones moves on. Mm-hmm. But when he does, it's going to be his son. <laughs> I, I, keep, I keep hearing that they're different. I'm not sure exactly in what ways, 
but people try to see people try to say different in a good way. We'll see. I you guess. Know? I don't know. Uh, one other story from the NFL purchase? I thought was was kind of fun. We told you the story. I think it was two days ago about Justin Fields unfollowing the Bears on social media, mm-hmm. and it, <laughs> I've been around long enough that to to say at one point if you'd said the Bears. He unfollowed the Bears on social media. 99 out of 100 people would go, who cares? Yep. Now 99 of 100 people go, ooh, he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's a big, big deal. And then immediately he started following B. John Robinson and some of the Falcons. So, of course, <laughs> what is everybody thinking? And I understand He's a why. Falcon. Yep. I understand why everybody's thinking that. Well, Justin Fields was on a podcast with a couple of former players and, and current players. And they got to this topic. You want to hear his explanation? Let's. Since wait, since we're here, hold on. But, I mean, what's we're not. The, comparing what's, no, 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 no. Since we're here, All right, come on. What's with the unfollow with the bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people. Why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> but like, why are you, why are you unfollowing the bears? Like, I still mess with the bears. It's not, I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Right? Mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with her. That's true. That's true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears this morning now that you don't follow them? Man, it's not even like that. Ah, okay, It's, okay. it's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no mm. football. And guess just, what? Just get away. Get a little away for a little bit. It's either Keith Fields. We want Fields to the drive Caleb. So it's like, bro, man, I'm tired of hearing the talk. I just wanted to be over so he says, I just wanted football off my timeline, but he went and followed several Falcons. Yeah, that, that's more football, right? <laughs> uh-huh. well, it seems to be to me. I mean, unless those guys have, you know, home improvement shows on the weekend or something, and I don't know. Uh-huh. But, you know, his point about, look, I'm going to go on vacation. I don't want to have to see it. I get that. Mm-hmm. And another point about, look, do what you want to do. Draft Caleb Williams. Trade me. I don't care. Just let's do this. Yeah. And I like that, too. I mean, he's, he doesn't, once again, seem as though he was, you know, being mean or, you know, vindictive. It was more of like, look, I don't know what's going to happen, but I am tired of seeing this. I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to buy an island, whatever it is he's going to do with the rookie money or his money. And then he's going to find out where he's playing football next year. And, I, you know, he had – it wasn't a great year. We all know that. I thought he was not bad, especially closing in toward the end of the year, but the Bears were pretty much a train wreck anyway. Um, and he said, you know, I'd like to stay. Sure. I mean, he, he said the city's, um, he said the city's fantastic. He likes it there. He said the fans are good to him and all that. But, you know, the front office is going to, you know, pitter-patter around and eventually make a decision. You're not going to keep both of them. I mean, that's not right. going to happen. So, you know, do what you're going to do. And Caleb initially said, I don't want to play there. I mean, a little bit of a Manning thing where don't draft me here. I'm not going to go there. Nobody knows what's going to happen. I, I don't have a clue either. But I do believe... It's worth following to see where he goes. And now I'd like to go look at his timeline now. Okay, how many other NFL things are there on there? Or is that just an excuse? Yeah, being able to see now the Atlanta Falcons, maybe seeing other players, maybe not as much because they're just doing like their own personal things. Mm-hmm. I-, I love how much we read into it because you want to call it stupid, but again, it's just the act of searching up the bears and yeah. unfollowing them. Yeah. That is just, it's pretty funny to think about. It is. And to say, I, I want football off my timeline, fine, but then you don't go follow mm-hmm. other NFL players. At, at any rate, I, I do understand at the end, I thought at the end right there, the frustration was just, let's just get it over with. I get that. And I think maybe mm-hmm. that's what he's thinking here. Yeah. Blitz 1170 is the place. The Tulsa Oilers hockey studio is the exact place. He's Bryce Hulse. I'm recording just a minute. Dale Apollo Cook. We've got XF FN 392 coming up. What's going to happen tomorrow night at River Spirit? That's next here on The Blitz. The Blitz is broadcasting in HD on your FM dial. Turn your HD equipped radio to 106.9 KHTT HD2. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on The Blitz 1170 and streaming on The Blitz 1170 app. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane fell to the Wichita State Shockers last night, 79-63, to the Hurricane turned the ball over a second, a season-high 22 times. P.J. Haggerty continued to be Tulsa's bright spot. He had 23 points to lead the team. The Oklahoma State Cowboys have now won two straight. They get the win in Cincinnati against the Bearcats, 80-76. The Pokes shot 56% from the field. All five starters had double figures, led by Javon Small, who had 19. And the ORU Golden Eagles look to get out of their losing ways as they'll be at Omaha tonight to take on the Mavericks. Tip-off for that one is at 7 o'clock. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Boots 1170, and streaming on the Boots 1170 app.
The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We do. You can also send us text at 918-262-5072. That's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. We already had a question or two on that one today. And if you have one of those questions for Dale Apollo Cook, you can let us know right now because it is time. It is time for us to talk about XFN 392. It is coming tomorrow night at River Spirit. And Dale Cook, my buddy, is the guy promoting promoting and putting on those fights. How you doing? And tell me all about our lineup tomorrow night. Top of the morning to you, Rick. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Friday night's going to be a blast. We have a a card that's stacked with uh, the up-and-coming MMA and kickboxing talent here in the, the Midwest and the 10 bout card starts at 8 o'clock, the main card. Preliminary start at 6.30. So there's going to be six prelim fights and then 10 fights on the main card. So it's a packed night of 16 fights at River Spirit. It's going to be fun. That, and, and, you know, of course, you can never really tell because it depends on how long a fight goes. But you'll start at, I mean, the doors are going to open, I know, at 8, or you're going to get people in and start at 8. When do you expect you'll wrap this thing up? Oh, it will be done by 10.30. Oh, outstanding. Um, yeah, again, the doors open at 6, and the prelims start at 6.30. Main card starts at 8 o'clock. And uh, by 10.30, we'll have that place uh, roof coming off of it for the main <laughs> event. As Shay Conley tries to uh, make a tremendous comeback, he's uh, one of the top lightweight MMA prospects in the region. And he was on the roof, and he took a really surprising, crushing knockout um, in his last fight, and it, it was a fight he was winning, um, and uh, he ran into a knee, and uh, he got stopped. But this is his uh, his attempted to uh, come back, and he's taken on Stephen Moore from Fort Smith, Arkansas, the veteran. Should be a great matchup. It's it's another one of those deals where Shea Conley he's so good that he can't fight, he can't step back in quality of opponent at this point, but. He's got to, you know, he's got to somehow block out what happened in that last fight, a fight he was dominating, and Roderick Stewart connected with a flying knee and ended the fight in, in a second. And it was a, it was one of those tough knockouts, you know, where you got to take four, five months off to to to, to come back from. Wow. So be a big test for Shea, and being that he's um, uh, very beloved in the wrestling community, he's a wrestling coach here in in Tulsa, and. He's got a lot of fans, and I mean, he, this kid personally, hand-to-hand, sells 100 tickets. He's that popular here in Tulsa, and I know he'll have his people there in the wrestling community out there as he tries to uh, get back on the winning track against Stephen Moore. You know, and that's one of the cool things about you develop these fighters in and around here, and some at your gyms and some at others, but you bring them in, and then they do get that following, and they become either you know local stars or somewhat celebrities. And many of them, as you said, they're working in day jobs, but they do have crowds come out to watch just them. And you've built such a great following of that. That's got to. I mean, you got to stand there almost like a proud papa when you have a fight put on. Man, I really do. I really do, especially when it's a, a local product, when it's somebody that was born and raised in Tulsa, like, you know, like myself. And, uh, you know, the, the Tulsa community since 1977 um, has had, you know, we've had fights here in Tulsa from kickboxing to MMA. And throughout that whole evolution of the UFC, the Tulsa is probably one of the most educated uh, fight mm-hmm. communities in the yeah. whole country. And, they get behind a guy, and when we see a local guy or, or, or a local gal like Montana De La Rosa make it to the UFC, and, you know, I just saw her fight at, at River Spirit, and now I'm watching her on the pay-per-view on UFC. It's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a fun, uh, fun ride to take this journey along with these kids from their very first fight here locally to maybe headlining at River Spirit, and the next thing you know, they're in the big leagues. Yeah, uh, Dale Cook with us, talking about XFN 392 tomorrow night at River Spirit here on the Blitz 1170. It is 838. Rick Corey here with Bryce Hulse. Dale, for the kickboxing main event, we'll have Davis Horacio taking on Lamont Stafford. What intrigues you specifically about that matchup? 
Well, that's two of the heaviest hitters in in the heavyweight kickboxing um, game right there. And we saw Rossio uh, back in October as he came to Tulsa. He's from, he's from Cleveland. He came to Tulsa kind of as an unknown, and he was able to stop uh, former uh, super heavyweight champion Hayes Wilson in the first round. It was a really tough knockout, and the crowd uh, – really responded, and, and they know that guy can hit because every time he delivered a punch or a kick, you could hear it throughout the cove. He's a heavy, heavy hitter, and this will be a, this will be a, a great matchup. Lamont Stafford is six foot six, a very rangy fighter with long arms and legs, and uh, he also is the kind of guy that when the bell rings, he's going for the knockout. He's mm-hmm. two heavyweights that are both guys that, that don't back up. It's going to be a fun fight in the cage. You know, and Lamont is 6'6". Now, you've kind of explained this before, but what kind of advantage slash disadvantage is that for somebody? Well, for, for a guy like him, he, it's significant that he controls the distance. And if he can stay on the on the end of that long, long reach of his, where he, he can land and, and his opponent can't, that's 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 the perfect scenario for him. It's just going to be up to to Davis, who's I say the the more polished of the two fighters. Although they're both very aggressive guys, Davis is a little more reserved and picks his shots. He's going to have to get inside, or you know, since the fight is in a cage, getting your opponent's back against the cage, especially in a kickboxing fight, is a huge advantage. So it's going to be about who controls the distance and where this fight is fought. If it's in the middle of the ring, Stafford is a huge favorite. If it's against the cage, uh, Davis Orazio, that guy hits so hard, it's hard for me to believe anyone's going to stand up too much against him if there are backs against that cage. It's not like it's not like in a boxing ring where like Ali taught everyone how to rope and dope. You know, you get a guy to come against the, the ring and when he swings, you're able to pull back and, and out of range and make him miss. There's no pulling back against that cage. You're stuck. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, no thank you. I'm, I'll, I'll just watch those things. <laughs> You've got another good kick, and I love good basic kickboxing. You've got another good fight, a welterweight fight. Tell me about those guys. Uh, man, this kid, Ton O, he's got an interesting name, but he he's also a heavy hitter. He came into Tulsa in December and delivered a crushing first-round knockout. And, and it's it's the, he's the kind of guy that gets a big following fast because when the bell rang, nobody knew this kid. He came flying across the ring, both hands blazing. And he, he, was, he's a, he was very much um, like the old Mike Tyson in, in his aggression. Tough, tough kid, but he's fighting uh, Mike Lopez from Wichita, He's trained by world champion Marcio Navajo, so he's coming in there. I'm sure he'll have a plan for Tano's uh, aggression. And um, again, one of the one of the one of those fights where the winner of this fight is probably going to be a rising star on the kickboxing scene. Yeah, and it's always fun to see. The All fight right, so- I'm excited about is Caleb Bosma versus Lorenzo Carter. Um, this is going to be the kind of match, Rick, that you and I used to always enjoy, where you have two guys from two distinct different disciplines as Lorenzo Carter is a kickboxing champion. Caleb Bosma is an undefeated MMA fighter with a wrestling background. This is the typical wrestler versus kickboxer matchup. And uh, since they're fighting under MMA rules, it's going to be a tricky fight for Carter to stay on his feet and pressure will be on very popular kid, Caleb Bosma right here in Tulsa to get that fight to the ground. That's the co-main event, and we put that fight in there just because we think it's going to be fight of the night. Oh, there you go. Well, it's start again, 6.30 tomorrow night. Doors open. They'll get the main card at 8. So, you know, you probably have yourself about a four-hour event out there at River Spirit. I know they've done a great job with you at the Cove. Always fun. XFN 392. Watch these future stars that you'll see in pay-per-view this weekend right here in Tulsa. Buddy, I appreciate it, and I hope everything continues to go great. I appreciate you, sir. We'll see you soon. You Thank bet. You. Dale Apollo Cook with us here on the Blitz 1170. It's 843. I'm Rick Corey. That is Bryce Hulse. Have you ever seen, Bryce, a kickboxing match live? No, not live. I know some people who, when you say that, 
I don't want to go watch that. Well, you know, look, I'm I'm a boxing fan. I grew up a boxing fan because I grew up in the time when heavyweights were Joe Frazier and Ali and guys mm-hmm. like that. And you couldn't, I mean, if you were a sports fan at all, you had to like that. I mean, yep. there's a reason it was called the sweet science, right? I mean, you watch those guys, and it was more than just brutality. There was something to that. And you mentioned, you know, Ali and how he beat Foreman by just laying on the ropes and let Foreman wear himself out, basically. And then, you know, Rocky came out, and then suddenly boxing was cool everywhere and that kind of thing. Well, well I, I got into kickboxing because I was doing TV with Dale, and I was doing his broadcasts. Hmm. And so Dale, and he was still fighting at the time, and he, we, he took me aside in the studio, and we got tapes, and we studied stuff, and he taught me, you know, he taught me things, which is really cool learning from a guy who's a five-time world champion. But then I loved kickboxing, still do. And I, the mixed martial, mixed martial arts is taking over the world. I get that. Mm, MMA yeah. and things like that are taking over. But I love pure old kickboxing. It was, oh, man, that, there was something to that. And Dale and I did a lot of fights. I did a lot of his. I did those last, last fight, as a matter of fact. And just really, really loved doing that. So some of these, especially when you get mixed guys, guys a wrestling background, guys a boxing mm. background, I just think they're fascinating and they're fun. And to, to know that they're here, you know, and you have a chance to see people who you will see in pay-per-view at some point, and and what he said is true too, and that you'll find people here, fighters, with a they'll have a support of you know fifty, a hundred people or whatever, and those people, man, they are <laughs> excited. Go is not a big enough word uh, for the followings. At any rate, it's just great to have Dale, and I appreciate him being on. And we'll, uh, I'm sure, every time we have one of these shows, we'll talk about those shows, and he's a good advertiser for us here on the Blitz as well. It's 845 on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey. That is Bryce Hulse. You know, tomorrow we're going to talk more about Jack Nicholas coming to Oklahoma and the Corn Ferry Tour. I got a hold of Ken McLeod yesterday with Golf Oklahoma, and he was telling me some of the background of how this happened. It's not that just Jack woke up one morning and said, I'd like to go to Norman. That's not quite how that all came about. So Ken's going to tell us all about it tomorrow. He's actually talking with tournament directors today, and we'll get you some more information on that. That'll be in uh, up in Norman in June. And it's the Corn Ferry, which is right beneath, you know, PGA Tour. These guys are all just, you know, a really good tournament away for many of them to have a shot at getting a card. Um, but we're also talking about having the big dog in town, the Golden Bear. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. And they said in the, in the release that he would be interacting with the fans, which is really cool as well. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. And we got to get with Tom Gilbert, as I mentioned, and get some beer stuff. Because we're not that far away from getting toward, you know, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I mean, fast approaching. Yeah, and you got to talk about it. It's not just green beer, right? Which I know sounds a little odd, but hey, look, I grew up, I I worked at a place, you know, for many, many years who used to have a green beer party. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd invite clients and they would have nothing but green beer, and all of the people who worked there went around and served. And then they also made, uh, they also had made corned beef sandwiches and Fritos. <laughs> and so you had corned beef sandwiches, Fritos, a giant vat of mustard, and all the green beer you could ever see in your life. I can see why you want to be Irish. Well, I, I, that, that day I just wanted to be finished because you got <laughs> tired of carrying those things around. Nowadays... Can you imagine a company going, come on out, we're just going to get liquored up, and then we'll send you home? It's just not oh, yeah. going to happen anymore, man. But it was fun. I will tell you, it was fun. You learned a lot about clients. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, when you're doing one of those, pouring those. I know at one point, um, uh, our old friends J.B. Haney and Bill Land were doing yeah. the sports show, and I was a producer, and I was out pouring beer, and they leave to go back to the station, and they had Gaylord Sartain. And somebody else, I can't remember who else. And so I get a, I get a call, and this is before cell phones, right? I get a call, and they say, hey, Bill's on the phone. He wants to talk to you. And I wasn't supposed to leave yet. And I said, fine. So I go talk to Bill, and he made a request. So I took <laughs> I took back in my car two giant pitchers of green beer <laughs> and four of those sandwiches and took them to the studio <laughs> and then gave them to the guys, which, by the way, is not an FCC violation because they didn't touch the board. See, oh. I can drink. You can't. <laughs> mm. All right. So because I was in the other room pushing the buttons, and they were the ones in there with Gaylord knocking back the green beers and the sandwiches. <laughs> Rick, why do you want to be a radio host one day? Uh, I will tell you this. I want to graduate into the other room for, you know, other reasons. <laughs> it was one of the more fun 
Hunting hours. <laughs> I'd ever been a part of. And by the end of that hour, yeah, it was uh, it was different. 848 on the Blitz 1170. Rick Corey along with that dude right in there who can't drink when he's on the board. But he is old enough now, Bryce Hulse. We'll come back and close it up with some notes next here on the Blitz. The Blitz 1170 stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma State Cowgirls basketball team got back in the win column last night. They beat UCF and GIA 67-54. That gives them the series sweep over the Knights. Hannah Gusters and Staley Hurd each led OSU with 17 points. The Tulsa women's basketball team got a win last night against UAB, 84-72, their 19th win of the season and the most wins since the 2005-2006 campaign. Tamara Poindexter led all scorers with 30 points. The Golden Hurricane are now in a second-place tie in the AAC with North Texas. And in college softball last night, the sixth-ranked OSU Cowgirls trailed Stetson early 6-2, but scored six times in the sixth inning and twice in the seventh to get the win 11-6. The Cowgirls will have a top-ten matchup with fourth-ranked Washington today at 1230. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Hulse on the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. It's our neuropathy treatment clinic in Oklahoma text line, and several of you have today. Thank you very much for that here on the Blitz 1170. And, yes, that wasn't with an M. Muck it up. And it wasn't me. It was the national people who said it, although I'm thinking, boy, you had something, and now this is what you're doing. Yeah. Hey, just saw this note. Panini and Live Golf have announced their multi-year trading card partnership. Panini's taken over the world when it comes to trading cards. And, and I'm, you know, I, it's, I guess, significant from the standpoint of is this even more legitimacy? Or is this just, hey, here's a way for us to make some more money? Which, you know, I'm sure you can. A right? both. Well, there are guys out there on that tour who have fans still. Oh, for sure. Right? I mean, so I don't think, I mean, I don't know. If you're a fan of a golfer, if you're a Mickelson fan, because he went to live, did you just say, I'm done with him? I really don't think so. No. I mean, I, I, I could imagine there being some, maybe, who felt very, very strongly about it, but probably not all. No, I wouldn't think so either. Uh, but I <laughs> just saw most. that, and I thought I would pass that along. All right, Bryce had a couple of notes. One I thought is just funny. A former player of Rick Patino's. <laughs> this is funny. A former player of Rick Patino's has come a little bit clean on uh, what he told him one time. Bryce, tell us all about that, will you? So Quinn Slazinski, who plays for West Virginia, he's a three-time transfer, and he was at Iona at one time when Rick Patino was there. Mm-hmm. He had this quote. I need to make sure I'm getting it right at the right time because it's a little bit about a minute long or so. He was asked in the postgame of West Virginia because of that was around the time of the Rick Patino story mm-hmm. uh, if he had any stories about him. So here's some of that. A little unfortunate when you're in that locker room, but hearing it from the outside is kind of funny. But uh, got one example of the crazy things he said to you. I don't want to get in trouble, but <laughs> well, uh, well, you know, he told me he was gonna. Yeah, it's a good interview. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. It was kind of out of love. Um, I won't tell anybody. I didn't box <laughs> yeah. out. I, I showed them the video all the time. I didn't box out, and this was in practice. And he goes, uh, he looks at me. <laughs> I don't know if I can say this. He will. Out of love, he said he will chop me up in seven pieces and send me back to Detroit or Houston or wherever the bleep I'm from. And I'm going to sit there and laugh. He's like, are you laughing at me? And I'm like, no, I... I will chop you up in seven pieces and send you back to wherever the <clears throat> you're from. And Slazinski was, you know, quick to say, it's all in love, right? No, it's not. <laughs> It's all in love. It's not in love, but I, he laughed about it. I mean, mm. you, which it is, it is, you know, objectively funny. Well, yeah, because you realistically know he's just being frustrated with right. him. And I've told you before, I saw a coach make a grown man cry. Uh, J.D. Barnett made Cornell Henderson cry. Oh man! At practice, honest JD. to goodness, because he was so he was so caustic to his players. You know, most of them just realized, hey, that's him. But with Patino, I mean, it just sounds so much like him. It sounds like Patrino, too. Those two are the same player, same guy coaching different sports, at least in my opinion. But I I thought that was funny. And the the, the player is like, yeah, I'm not only supposed to say this. And, you know, (laughs) Patino, with what he said this week, the timing's good, considering, you know, him screaming about how bad his team is. Yeah. You know, we had, and this was before you came on board, Scott was still with us, but we had this, there was a, there was a, 
I think it's a meme. Well, not really at the same time. I think it's fake is what it is. But there's a dude standing on a high school football field. There, there's crowd in the backgrounds, the whole nut. And he's dressed like a coach. And he is actually telling you, quote, unquote, the truth about his team. And and, yeah. it, and he just rips his team. That's, now, that's a awful. comedian. I we forgot can't his name. Run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're awful. We can't run. We can't do this. And they say it's a team game. No, it's not. This is not about me. They're awful. I'm good. You know, and he went on and on. That's kind of what Petrino sounded like the other night. Yeah. But then at the end of it, he goes, look, it's just what it is. He said, I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at St. John. Or, oh, he complained mm-hmm. about facilities a little bit. I'm not mad at him or any of those kinds of things. Just, you know, this is what we are. We're not very yeah. good. He was able to get a win last mm-hmm. night. It was against Georgetown, but still able to get a win. And then he made like a little small apology. So like, I want, I want to apologize about my comments, maybe getting misconstrued a little bit. So we're, we're, we're on the come up again. Well, what would what, what we say that day? I wonder what the, the AD had to say to him, because you might not like the job, but he's still got the he's still your boss. Exactly. And what you just said, yeah, I know they they they, they won a game. Well, they beat Georgetown, but mm-hmm. wow, that's where we are right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I and one other story you had about Manziel, and anytime you get a Johnny Manziel story, all I do is shake my head because it's one of the greatest wastes of a human in history, in my opinion, from a standpoint of talent. And here was another one that made. I'm not really surprised by this though. Yeah, this was an interview with uh, Shannon Sharp, who's now with ESPN. And this is just a small quote in their interview from Johnny Manziel talking about him uh, having some weight loss and what caused that weight loss. I was 210 pounds when I left Cleveland. I was 170 pounds sitting in Vegas that August, that September, October, whatever it was later in that year. How you lose 40 pounds? You're on a strict diet of blow. So that, that, that's the diet that uh, Johnny Manziel was on. And, and to see Shannon Sharp's face right after he says that, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. But, you know, after we see the untold documentary and everything about Johnny Manziel, we've learned, I mean, a, a party, he's had his issues for sure. But um, <laughs> You might say that. Well, yeah. I'm saying I don't, I don't want to just glorify it as just, yeah, he's a partier and it's fun. You know, obviously he had some, you know, true emotional struggles with it. But it just tells you one of those guys that – was a partier, had had a lot of problems going on that happened to be good at football, happened to be great at football. And, and it, yeah, those, those stories just always fascinate me. And you didn't see, you didn't hear as many stories when he was in College Station, but um, when Delaney was a freshman, the church she was going to, the Aggie A&M United Methodist Church there, they did a thing where they paired freshmen with "quote unquote" grandparents, and you'd have Aggie grandparents. So there were, there were, some, there were a lot of folks of that age down in College Station who would apply or work for the church, and they'd say, "Hey, we're willing to do this." Now, you didn't adopt them; they didn't live with them or anything. They would see her at church, and they would take her to lunch on Sundays, and. They were there. She needed to talk, that kind of thing. I know one time she was stuck because she didn't have a car her first two years, and she needed some kind of office supplies, and she called Bev, and Bev said, absolutely, and she was right on it, you know, mm. really good people. And they had told me because they knew they'd been in – they said, they, you know, they had to have people follow Manziel around on campus. And it's probably not a surprise to realize it was just as hard. And you see the documentary, realize the goofy <clears throat> he was doing. Yeah. I just – People like that who are waste, and but they're consistently that way. It happens, and then you and then you you know learn, and then you, it happens again, and then you learn, and it happens again. At some Sanity. point, you wash your hands and say, "There's nothing we can do for you," mm-hmm. and it's too bad because oh, I don't know how he succeeded in the NFL. He's, he was a little guy, but it would have been fun to watch. All right, that's going to do it for a Thursday, or we call it other Friday. Back down the turnpike for us. We'll see you here tomorrow morning, including talk a little golf on the Blitz Eleven Seven.